Okay, you know what? Forget it. You don't want to help, that's fine. Some things never change. Still the victim with you, huh? Always somebody else's fault. Somebody else made you go to that cabin. Somebody else chopped your hand off. Uh, no, I did that. Somebody else killed your girl. No, I did that too. Come on, Dad. All right, get the gum out of your ears and listen up, you inbred degenerate screwheads. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Rich. And I'm Chris. This is the Evil Dead cast episode 16, which seems like a small number considering we've been doing this for... Can we say we've been doing this for a year? Probably not. Took a uh, long break. Well, I mean, um, in calendar time, it's been a year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do the next one 10 years from now, and then we'll say we've been doing it for 10 years. Doing it for 10 years, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, I am happy to be back and excited. And actually, this thing snuck up on me. Like, all of a sudden, I, I saw somebody said, hey, the the first episode's been available online for a couple of days. I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> You're you're not paying attention. You got too much else going on. I guess so. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a true fan, but I was stoked because I immediately went and watched it, and uh, I'm glad that it was up early because now we get to do at least this episode of the podcast. I'm I, I have been in touch with Stars, and they say we're going to be on the list to get the early one, so we should be able to keep going. But the one downside is I think most people haven't seen it yet, and so we got very little listener response. So this episode's not going to have a whole lot of listener response, but there'll be some. When did you watch it, Rich? Uh, about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start actually talking about it. So let's get into the main event attention shoppers dead cast top three in five four three two all right it's our dead cast top three it's the top three highlights for season two episode one home so home. rich you watched it 40 minutes ago and what did you think well, my initial impression was I liked it. <laughs> I could, I would be shocked <laughs> if I didn't. Yeah, pretty much. That would be a big surprise, actually, from you if you if you get got on here and was like, "Yeah, you know, not really. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give up on this." Nah, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't think that could happen with Ash. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really could have screwed this whole thing up, but they did not, and and um. I thought I'm not. I won't, I'll just say a little bit, but I thought this episode was just as good, if not better, than the average episode last season than any yeah. episode. Totally, and I was thinking too when I was watching it. I had the same trepidations. I was like, "Oh no! I hope they don't. I hope they don't screw up." You know, I hope I still like it. And even with the corny stuff and the slapstick humor, I was like, "Nope, still funny." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It just never gets old for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it hasn't yet. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. I thought it was a really good start to the second season, um, even though, uh, you know, it was it was very much the same, very, very similar to what we got in season one. And uh, it, it didn't really it didn't really give us too much new, but it was a great setup for the season. And the whole thing ended with Ash saying, let's go save the world. And so it, it just it it ramped us right into season two and and i'm looking forward to where it goes so i thought it was great yeah awesome all right let's get into our top three um rich all right well first of all i'm so happy that ash is back i thought the opening sequence where he was in um in jacksonville florida was awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite uh scenes is when he was hanging out and poor uh, why were why were Kelly and uh, Pablo working? They had to, they were like working at the bar, and Ash is just hanging out. I thought that was hilarious. I know he's partying. I mean, it's just like when they used to work at the um, not S Mart, but whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't do shit. No, yeah. <laughs> and the people were like, "Hey, this is my daughter." It's like, "Oh, how nice for you to meet me." That's <laughs> right. I like that Kelly was a bartender, though. That seemed kind of perfect. Yeah, fitter, huh? Yeah, it seems this like hot, sassy bartender. I had the same question, though. Like, why are they working? I mean, I guess they need jobs or something, but, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> kind of makes sense. They need jobs 
So that uh, no, it's for Ash, so he can get free drinks. That's why. Oh, <laughs> you know, one thing I really liked about that first scene is um, we actually started off with Ruby at the crematorium, and she's looking at her um, at the Necronomicon at, at the page where Ash is holding up his uh, chainsaw because he's the chosen one or whatever. Yeah. And then the the picture faded to him; it kind of melted into him holding up his chainsaw in that bar. Right. So that yeah. was a nice effect. And then he like eviscerates a keg. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like the most productive way to open a keg. I feel like you're going to waste no. a lot of beer by doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got a, it's uh, he managed to find the bar that will let you chainsaw a keg and also skeet shoot with a shotgun. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, how many bars let you have a chainsaw attached to your hand? <laughs> I I lo- I think we already said this in last episode cuz we saw it on the preview, but I really like that they at least even if it was only for about 30 seconds, they let Ash have Jacksonville for a little bit in all its glory. Yeah. With everybody loving him. Oh, I love, I love me too, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he thinks he's still going to get that back, but everyone knows that that's not going to happen. No. Not for him. No. Yeah. I wonder if like the series got canceled, they would end it with a happily ever after. I doubt it. There would at least be some sign of the shit about to hit the fan. Oh, Again, probably. Well, he causes all of it, so I don't see him changing anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, what's your number three? Well, along those same lines, too, I liked how the first two scenes, the scene with Ruby in the crematorium and then cutting to Ash in the bar having a great time. I I like how they kind of contrasted each other. And it was a great way to open open the episode. We've got Mm -hmm. Ruby fighting those creepy man babies that they they call her children. And it was it was super disgusting. She was getting puked on, like just drenched in black vomit, which was just awesome and gross at the same time (laughs) and then we transition over to the party in jacksonville ash is living the life people love him there and uh and i mean you know it's going to go bad right you know it's going to become a total bloodbath which it does and and but i thought it was just a a great opening and and it's the first thing that struck me about the episode how we see you know the worst and i guess a glimpse of the best for ash all at once and then and then things come back to earth a little bit and i loved the gag um where the older deadite is slipping around on the blood and kind of bumping into ash before she falls down <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i i i thought that was so goofy i just laughed out loud when i watched it so That's so funny uh, you know as soon as i put this episode on and all this happened i'm like yep I still love this show. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy yeah. this a lot. <laughs> you know, I think it might it might be easy to dismiss this show as kind of frivolous, which it is, but it's also very um it's impressive how good the pacing is that mm-hmm. they can show that really intense scene with Ruby then jump into a really funny gag with Ash and then some party time and then all the immediately the deadites come and you know there's a lot of variation but it it that's what was great about the evil dead movies is it's just like a one, two punch, boom, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing. Very dense. Um, and well paced, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they know what they're doing with, with yeah. the comedy and the gore and they balance it so well. And yeah. They haven't lost that in the show. Yeah. And it's, I think it's such a, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a testament to having the original team, the original people that wrote it and mm-hmm. produced it back on it. You know, it's just, it's not going to lose its charm. Absolutely. I, I want to find out more about this showrunner, though, because I don't think he was involved, but I, he's obviously a huge fan and he's talented. And he wrote this episode, uh, D- Craig DiGregorio. Oh, yeah. He wrote it. Um, all right, my turn. So number three, the one thing that is new, and I think maybe it is a good thing for this show to not try to go too far off what's worked before, but to have one new angle. And the big new angle is they're going back to Ash's hometown and so we get a sense of his past and uh, how the people who know him react to him and his father. And so a couple things on that. So it didn't, first of all, it didn't occur to me that he'd have a history around having to chop up all his friends, but of course, and right. that begs the question, why is he not in prison? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, maybe that would just not be a very good show. But uh I, I can forgive that. It would be interesting if they covered exactly what happened that he didn't get convicted. But but um, it was really fun to see that he has for his own Freddy Krueger-like poem, mm-hmm. which is 
Ashy slashy hatchet and saw takes your head and skins you raw. Ashy slashy heaven and hell cuts out your tongue so you can't yell. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, and how people are all sort of wary of him. In fact, I think when he was driving through town in the iconic car, I forget the make and model right now, but you know the one we all know and love. Yeah, it's a Dodge, is it? The Oldsmobile. Oldsmobile. That uh, there were some people in the in the barber shop, and they were just like looking at it. So I think that car is as iconic in that town as as it is to us. Yeah, the little kids were running away. Better run, Ashy Slashy will get you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but the best part for me was the dad, which uh, was played by Lee Majors, mm-hmm. and I love that he's a racist, crude, lecherous dude. So yeah. <laughs> Ash is a chip off the old block. Yeah. That he he tells Ash and Pablo or the the illegal here to leave and then invites Kelly to stay for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had the funniest line of the episode. I Which think. was he he's introducing himself to uh, yeah. Kelly and he says, Hi, I'm Brock Williams, but you can call me cock. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah that was hilarious. <laughs> that was my favorite line. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud, and then I was like, "Why? Why? Why do we have to call him cock?" That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also loved when he said um, he sees Ash's hand, and he says, "What the hell is that?" And he yeah. goes, "Oh, it's a utility hand. Check it out. I'm better, stronger." And the dad goes, "Faster?" And he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and he goes, "Bullshit. Looks like some piece of crap made in China." <laughs> <laughs> which in case you young people don't know that is totally catering to old dudes like us because Lee Majors played the bionic man and that's taken right out of that yeah. we can rebuild him better faster stronger yep I never saw that show growing up but even I knew you know okay, what the reference good. was <laughs> it was a pretty good show yeah I, I probably saw every episode of that yeah, I, I, I had this weird childhood where I did not watch all that much TV, um, but I'm totally making up for it now. So it's, yeah. it's OK. Was <laughs> one of those things where you were deprived and so you totally binge now? I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it was like uh, McDonald's. My parents wouldn't go anywhere near McDonald's as a kid. And now I love it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. As Legos, my parents never bought me Legos and so I'm buying them up. Oh, good. how come they didn't? I don't know. They're cheap. <laughs> Lego is expensive. They are expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even now, I worry about it. No, that hasn't changed. <laughs> but I bought myself a Slave One, and it's amazing. Yeah, I want to get a Slave One. Yeah. I want to get that big giant Millennium Falcon that costs 180 bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Do it, man. Do it. <laughs> Just do it, dude. I could totally afford it. All right, we're way off track. So wait, let's Le- get back Lego on. needs to Lego. Sorry, Lego needs to license some Ash. Versus Evil Dead. Hey, way stuff. to get it back on yeah. track. There you go. Yeah. I would, you know, we yeah. would all buy that. Yeah, the the cabin, dude. Totally. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That would be so that would cool. Be awesome. I bet you someone has made it somewhere. Like custom. put it on the net. Get it out there. We'll we'll buy the plans. I will. Yeah. All right, Rich. Number two. Actually, you took my number two. I, I was going to talk about uh, uh, Ash's dad, but you know that's just a smaller part of the of the whole thing. Like you said before, where they're setting up the whole season back in. Uh, where is he from? Elk Grove. Yeah. I like that idea because now you're going to get some stories about Ash, which, you know, is my favorite. And then you got, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to introduce new characters from his past. And uh, although I didn't see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ted Raimi. I guess he's going to come in a little later. Huh? Yeah. So we learned uh, uh, that he's going to star or he's going to be one of the cast and he's going to play Ash's childhood friend or something like that yeah so i think that's a great idea having them in that situation where uh you know they can bring in characters every episode or so and then you know you get attached to them and then they knock them off Uh (laughs) of course i know i mean speaking of that like he said to you know in the bar after everybody was like ashy slashy ash and he's all no i'm not gonna run this time and then he said to all of them don't worry, after I save all your sorry asses, you won't see me for another 30 years, yeah. dick sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a feeling that those guys will all be dead by the end of this. <laughs> the whole town will probably be wiped off yeah. the map somehow, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Except for Linda, the waitress, right? Because she's nothing like yeah. the rest of You them. are so not like that. <laughs> <laughs> well... 
my my number two is kind of the same thing. I wrote down Ash's legacy and, um, you know, just him having him go back to his hometown and and he's infamous there. Even after all this time, everybody knows him and knows what he did. And and uh, it's 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 just a great opportunity to to explore Ash's history and his past a little bit and even what he was like when he was younger before, you know, he went to a cabin and murdered everybody. And, <laughs> and he said, I knew exactly what I was doing when I chopped up all my friends. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, and, and as we said, the casting of, of Lee Majors as his father is amazing. And I think we're just going to expand on Ash's world a little bit by hanging out in his hometown until, until he destroys the place somehow. So, uh, Ash's legacy. I think it's great. I think it's a great addition to the show. Yeah. And somehow I feel like Elk Grove, Michigan is an awesome setting. I don't know anything about Michigan, but just going to some sort of little piece of Americana, it feels like this town, you know, he even said it hasn't changed a bit in 30 years. Is it a yeah. real town? Does anyone know if it's a real town? Probably is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. I wouldn't be surprised you know if there's I, an elk grove somewhere. Yeah, well, there's an elk grove just uh, a few miles away from where I live. But, oh, wow. Uh, that's, in, that's in California. <laughs> you know, what I was wondering, it was why uh, elk grove, I guess we don't know how big the town is, but it did seem kind of quaint. Why Why did it have such an enormous crematorium? <laughs> <laughs> the big I was like, smokestacks. It's huge. How many people die here every year, you know? Maybe mm -hmm. it's like the county crematorium. People from all over the state come there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. state crematorium right that would make sense yeah that was uh, like wow good I, setting i think the main reason why yeah is because and that actually leads right into my number two which is elements of setting and style and i think it's kind of ridiculous to have that but no more ridiculous than being able to skeet shoot with a shotgun in a bar right <laughs> and uh it's it was an amazing set piece i thought really yeah. cool looking the lighting was amazing it's all sooty and dark and bursts of flame and dead bodies and rusty pipes everywhere with lots of i don't know rooms and hallways and places to hide and just be afraid so i yeah. thought, thought it was really cool speaking of pipes what you guys think of all that campy <laughs> Three Stooges stuff with the pipe. Oh my god, I love that! I wrote I wrote down Three Stooges. I thought it was amazing because he said "Why you?" after he hit his head. Yeah, and then it, he looked right down the pipe. Yeah, big black soot puffs out into his face. It's like yeah. it's like your gun won't fire, so you look right down the barrel of the gun. You know what's about to happen if you're. Uh... And then he said, "My goodness!" But then when he was. Um, uh, after he got hit in the head a couple times, then he he's approaching that one pipe and you think he's staring right at it like the pipe is out to get him. But then Ruby comes out from behind it, which was <laughs> yeah. pretty clever, I thought. <laughs> yeah, they're good at setting up expectations yeah. That's or right. playing off things that happened before. Um, I've said I think my opinion is changing of the show a little bit. I've said before I didn't want us to go too far into the Army of Darkness goofy style. And um, it kind of did this episode in a couple uh, instances where they it, it, it felt like a real stretch just to make a joke like for example that well uh, that yeah. that like when uh, the cops that you know used to be his rival said you got some huge balls coming to this town and he said <laughs> yeah i do notice i never wear gym shorts <laughs> <laughs> and uh there was the rambo like montage with he puts on aftershave and he winks with the little ding sound yeah or uh, what else? The whole, this one was like the corniest where he says, maybe I'm getting that bad memory disease. Alzheimer's? Yeah. Alzheimer's, that's that bad memory disease. Why do you mention that? <laughs> and I actually, well, maybe not the Alzheimer's one, but all the rest of it, I actually totally loved. And um, I think I'm feeling more okay about this just being a comedy. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping they'll do like they did last season and some episodes were scarier and a little more serious than others. But uh it, 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 last season I was saying, you know, I don't think, I think to make it feel like it has stakes that eventually they should probably kill off Pablo or Kelly. And I think I'm changing my mind about that now. It just feels more like a comedy. And if it's a comedy, then I don't, I don't think they ever have to die and it can just be funny. Yeah. I, I heard an interview, not, uh, well, earlier today, actually, I was listening to it and Bruce Campbell said that, I, I mean, he was asked 
you know, why isn't this an hour long show? And he said, because an hour long show, you'd, you'd feel it would feel way too long. What we've done here is we've made it funny and we've made it quick and, you know, nothing is wasted. We're in and out really fast. He said, by the time you look at your watch, it's ending. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and that's just what they've, they've gone for. They didn't want to draw it out. They didn't want to add stuff that was unnecessary. Um, they just wanted to do the funny and do the exciting and, and just do Ash right. And so I think, I think you're right. I mean, they, they wouldn't want it to be, you don't want to try to do too many things and then water it down. Right. Yeah. And there's no filler. No. And it, it does feel it. Yeah. It's like it, it, comedies, like sitcoms, they're really dense like this with line after line after line. And then there's horror, which is, which also can be dense too. So I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's, yeah, I guess it feels more like a sitcom than a one hour drama. Mm. Yeah. I'm with you. And I think that the, the comedy too, and the slapstick humor doesn't interfere. It, it, it flows. You know what I mean? They put it right in the crematorium. They didn't cut to another scene or anything like yeah. that. And as long as it's funny and I'm, you know, I'd say eight out of 10 times, I actually let out a giggle or a full-blown laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so who can, um, who can fault that? No, nope, I did on the gym shorts one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I think of you guys too now when, it, when I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this with Rich oh, and Chris. Me too. Uh, I'll, I'll be watching it and be like, oh, Rich will love that part. Or that's, that's, yeah. that's Jason right there. <laughs> um, just a couple more things about setting and style. So there's a lot of cool skewed camera angles. Even when they first went into Ash's house, it was from a camera angle from above and, and at an angle and, and the yeah. house is all dark and dirty, like, you know, a good evil dead destination should be. It turns out to be sort of innocuous, but they're keeping up with this great just visual style that the that the show has. And I thought Ruby's children looked pretty good too, that something new and they're kind of golem like, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how they're all skinny and I think they had some hired some contortionists to play them or something because they're all <sighs> akimbo all the time. So it looked I great. thought it was really cool, too, how they could turn into shadows. That was awesome. Yeah, I wonder if that's... Um, I wondered about that, because I really liked the shadow scene, which was another thing that kind of reminded me of Army of Darkness. It's kind of funny, and Ash fighting himself, um, you know, for a second there, before we realized that the shadow was one of these demon children. But then he came out, the demon children popped out, and I wonder if that was just like, oh, they had a good idea for the scene, and we'll never see that again, or is that just something they can do? Yeah. I thought it was neat. I, I wrote that down too. It was just cool how they could, they could almost puff in and out of being a shadow, right? They'd run away and they'd be a shadow yeah. on the wall. And then they'd, the one would come down that sort of ramp kind of, and then all of a sudden be there right in front of you. It was pretty good. And then. Wait, um, wait. So, did, so I only remembered him coming out of the shadow when uh, Ash was sort of fighting his own shadow, but you guys saw that happen more than that. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. When he was fighting the shadow, it was um, it was very obvious, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you could sort of see that, but 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 as they came and entered scenes, like if they ran away or something, they'd puff off to a shadow and go up the wall. Sort of. Oh, it was, good. It was oh, yeah. Good. Now that you mention it, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad that's consistent. Yeah. And then you had the pair of hands going along the floor that grabbed Kelly by the ankles. Those right? were shadows. Shadow right. hands until. Until it uh, it got her her ankles. That's right. Yeah. But another kind of goofball was when Pablo threw the chainsaw to Ash, and it was just like the scene from the pilot in slow mo. And except you knew that they weren't going to have a repeat. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Hit him in the head up towards it. Yeah. Bonks him right in the face. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then he had a mark for the rest of the episode. <laughs> he did. <laughs> That's cool. That's just good consistency. You don't yep. you don't get hit in the face <laughs> with a chainsaw and doesn't leave a mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are we? Number one. Number one. You know what my number one was? Was uh, Ruby. She's mysterious. <laughs> I like when um, like when she said uh, at the beginning, I believe it was in the crematorium scene, the opening scene, when she's like, "I I fought with Attila the Hun and Genghis Khan, and now I got a." you know, deal with this dickhead or whatever she said. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, really? What does that mean? Did she travel back in time or she's just like really, really old? Did we she... know she's old because yeah. she wrote, she helped write the book. 
Yeah. Oh, so yeah, she's, right. yeah. she's one of the dark ones. Yeah. So I, I think that just meant over time. Yeah. She's been around count. a long time, experienced a lot <laughs> and, and been through a lot, I guess. And now she's dealing with this bunch of morons. Dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, I think, yeah, she like, she knows that he's special and he's the chosen one and she needs him. But at the same time, he'll say things like, I, I want to have a ma- mother daughter man meat sandwich or whatever. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> She even commented on how, how gross yeah. that is. <laughs> as unappealing as that. Yeah, is. that's right. <laughs> oh, you passed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like her. Uh, I like where her character's going and, uh, and, uh, how, um, you know, she's, she's, she's the mother, I guess you could say, of those demons. Mm-hmm. Not really sure what that means, but I like it. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the future here. Yeah, the thing about her is you never know. I, I, any for me, anyways, I feel like I never know what she's up to. I mean, like yeah. even even now, it's you don't know whose side she's on. Is she really trying to kill them and help Ash, or has she got some other motive? You know, uh, that she's trying to trying to pursue. So I don't know, and I think it'll be fun to find out. Yeah. I was trying to remember exactly what went down in the finale last year, and. uh we know, you know, she wanted, I think she needed Ash to give her the Necronomicon and she wanted it. And she told him something like that she wanted to be able to just control the evil. And she would, she promised she would keep it under control. And I think she said something like she doesn't want to destroy the world because without good, there would be no evil or something like that. So where they left it was give me the book and leave me alone and we'll have a truce and you'll be fine. But, but mm-hmm. we don't know whether we could believe that. Cause especially cause immediately sinkholes opened up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, obviously it didn't work out. What I don't get is what did the demon children have to do with that? And is there some plan? I mean, probably her real plan was just to take over the world and be the master of the universe or something, but we really don't know. Yeah. Like you're saying, Chris, we really don't know exactly because you can't trust her, but it seems like whatever plan she had, it genuinely did go off the rails. So maybe she was making those demon children in order to, uh, because for some reason the deadites weren't enough and she wanted to use them to take over the world, but then they just turned against her. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not sure she I'm not even sure she knows exactly or she she thinks she can control the evil but maybe can't. And mm-hmm. I think see I sort of thought her intentions at the end of season 1 were actually good in in that she just really wanted the book because she could control the evil and she said if you give me the book I'll take care of this and you know it'll sort of be a truce, but it's more like I'll, I'll just keep this under control and you can go off and live your life and you don't have to deal with this. But she doesn't, isn't really able to do that. And I think maybe she didn't even realize she couldn't do it. Right. But we don't yeah. know if she was lying to him or not. No, that's true. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know anything about her. Yeah. It could turn on a dime. I lean that way though, too. For some reason you trust her. No, I don't. Well, no, I don't trust her. But I have it that she's like a she's like a traitor to her yeah. own kind. You know. I mean, so. one thing that seemed so, at least to me, was that she still does seem to have control of the deadites because she sent those two to to signal Ash. And when he said, "Hey, didn't you get the memo? There's a truce," and they're like, "Talk to Ruby." Right. Yeah. So it feels, it seems like she still has control. She, I mean, she was also using the Necronomicon to fight the demon children. So it feels like she has control of the demons or the deadites, but she doesn't have control of these children that she and that Pablo's the daddy of. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the evil maybe is just too expansive and she only can control a small portion of it, which yeah. clearly isn't enough. I hope that the writers have a pretty good handle on it and that, that, you know, it's a solid story and that we'll discover it rather than just them not being sure either. Yeah. Yeah. String you along until the end, like they did in Lost. (laughs) Yeah. We don't know what happens. Did you watch all of that? No, I got tired of it. (laughs) I just went to a concert, uh, Michael Giacchino, who's the, 
composer did a concert in LA and it was, it was really good, but that was never a problem with that show. The music I think is some of the best of any show ever. Yeah. Lost music was amazing. How that, I I heard you talking about that on, on, uh, the walking dead cast. It was good concert. eh? It was amazing. It was a little chaotic. It was outdoors and the wind kicked up and there was dust and things fluttering around. And Josh Holloway was kind of drunk. (laughs) (laughs) who played Sawyer, but the music was really beautiful. And in fact, like the audience was all tearing up and everything. Oh, that's nice. It was, it was was amazing. I mean, I was just, it was one of those things where I'm sitting there going, Oh, I'm so happy to be here right now. Really cool. cool. All right. I think it's your turn, Chris. Sure. Well, my number one is, uh, Pablo. I want to talk about Pablo a little bit and, and what's going on with him. Um, so he had a, a number of experiences this episode where he he saw well he was in the car first of all and he kind of drew that picture uncontrollably sort of and it Um, looked like the cover of the necronomicon kind of right yeah it kind of looked like the cover of it (laughs) before he did the sketch of ruby which was like worse than a (laughs) child could do but anyways um so he he did that scribble uh, Necronomicon cover. And then later on, you know, he saw the, the scribbling on the homeless guy's sign. And then he was the one who had the, this vision of, of Ruby floating in front of the crematorium. And then the book was on his face again. And when he tried to tear it off, like he basically ripped his own face off. So it was a pretty traumatic. It was an amazing vision. It was an amazing scene, but imagine, you know, for him, pretty traumatic thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I'm, I'm sort of wondering, what's going on with him is he it it almost feels like is he is he just having some you know ptsd about the whole thing because he said he has he said he has nightmares but they come when he's awake and uh or or is he is he still possessed a little bit like is there still something inside of him and i'm just wondering sort of where it's going to go and and if if he's going to be if he's going to be able to do this or have these visions throughout the season and how it's going to factor into the show i think it might be interesting to find out yeah. I think his soul is infected. Really, eh? So Yeah, I think he's in he's in bad shape. <laughs> he's got some evil. You think, he'll, you think he'll be the one that gets knocked off? No. I don't think I don't think Kelly or Pablo are gonna be leaving anytime soon at this point. And uh I'm glad because I you know, I think another thing that happened to me is I watched this episode and I'm like, Oh, I really miss these guys. I didn't realize how much I missed them. So you just kind of want to hang out with them. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not get as covered in blood as they do, but hang out. (laughs) And I want to certainly have some interesting times. And it's really fun as sick as it sounds to see Pablo just suffer a lot (laughs) and get covered in goop and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, that sketch, what I loved about the whole sketching thing is he's like, Oh, I'll draw a sketch. And you're like, Oh, so we learned something new about Pablo. He's he's a good sketch artist. And then when you finally see it, it's nope. like a really shitty sketch. <laughs> and he looks all proud of it. Yeah. He's got a big smile on his face. But that didn't stop Ash from like showing it to everyone and being like, this is I who know. we're looking for. And like, it doesn't yeah. look like anybody. <laughs> they still use it because his dad's like, you're looking for Bigfoot. And, <laughs> That's then, right. and then he still shows it around the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you draw that with your chainsaw. Oh, that was a good one, too. <laughs> oh, man. That's then, comedy gold. Very, very good stuff. Um, <laughs> one One more thing about Pablo, though, when they're in the crematorium. There was one scene where he was up against the wall and one of the demon children was like right up in his face. But he was holding, he was clutching that pendant that he's wearing around his neck that I think he got from his uncle, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And And and, and maybe it had his uncle's spirit infused in it or something like that. Something like that, because it seemed like the demon couldn't see him or or smell him or whatever they do because he sort of sniffed around and and then left him alone so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with pablo and uh Mm -hmm. you know like the other stuff i hope they don't kind of just forget about it or or they add some explanation to it because that'll be cool Mm. i think they're they're helping them out too like like they'll have a vision and they can use that as information on what's going to come up or what's going to happen you know yeah I think they're going somewhere with the necklace and I've always got the sense that, you know, he's sort of a apprentice brujo, you know, that he might evolve into some kind of a shaman character or something, mm-hmm. but who knows? But, uh, 
Oh, shoot. There was something else I was going to say about Pablo. He could be the last man standing, huh? Well, could he, be. he could be. He's always looked up to Ash, right? And Ash is his, his mentor in a way. So, yeah, he's kind of the apprentice and he's learning all the time. I don't think – I think Ash will last through this whole series. They would never kill him off. No way. That's impossible. No. <laughs> no, no. Not until like – not until the end of the series, perhaps. Even, <laughs> even then, yeah, man. even then. I mean, this this series is gonna. If if nothing else, it is not that it ever really went away, but it is totally resurrected interest in Evil Dead. And after yeah. this, they got to make more movies, right? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, there's <laughs> more money so. to be made. There's more money to be made. <laughs> Whenever this series does end, I hope that they are able to give Ash a great send off somehow. You know. Yeah. Riding off into the sunset with Lucy Lawless or whatever. Into Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. All right. My number one is the funny lines, <laughs> which are, yeah. uh, so I loved in the bar at the beginning with mother and daughter flirting with them. And he says, ladies, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not drunk enough to know if this is good, weird or bad, weird, but I'll get there though. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me wonder the drunker he got what he think start to think it was good or bad i think good <laughs> yeah, i think you're probably right but it turned out it was bad because turned out they're both deadites yeah um i like the homeless guys like you you ruined my life and he goes i've ruined a lot of people's lives yeah it didn't even phase him <laughs> like, no. so what yeah, what's your point it's totally nonchalant about it it's what i do <laughs> uh Let's see. Oh, oh, when uh, he goes, I know where Ruby is, Elk Grove, Michigan. The Deadite gave it away with that song. And then he look, he has this pained look on his face. That damn song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his facial expressions are great. Remember when I got one? Can I say one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when jump he's, in, uh, guys. When he's uh, uh, in the crematorium and watching poor Lucy or poor Ruby get all beat up and he's like, should I save her because I should or because she's hot? The <laughs> yeah. line didn't make me laugh, but the... You know, the confusion and the frustration in his face after he said that, I started laughing. I was like, oh, why would you even be contemplating that? that Yeah, because you think, at least I thought he was going to say, should I save her because I should or should I run away? But instead, it's or because she's hot. (laughs) So hard. The interesting thing is he never questions whether he should save her. It's just why he should save her. And meanwhile, he's like pondering it and she's in mortal danger right yeah. but look what that says about ash he knows what the right thing to do is is just you know the motivations for doing the right thing are a little That's a good questionable point. He, does, right? he does it for the wrong reasons huh but at least he does it he saves her he tries his best right <laughs> right yeah. uh it a, makes a, him lovable it totally does a funny line that i thought was actually really subtle in this one was right near the beginning when they're driving in the car and he's drinking a beer and he he says something like you know who drank all the beer and kelly says you did you did and and then she goes i i can't believe you don't have to pee but then something else is going on maybe with pablo doing the scribbling and uh, ash you hear him you hear him off screen go oh please i've been whizzing the whole time <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. I yeah. didn't either. <laughs> it was a good one. I'm like, he's just been sitting there peeing the whole time. I that's, that's a little suspect. <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> I like when he was slicing that demon child. You feel that? You feel that? And he's like, Do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what? Do you? And the the last one I had is when uh Ruby asks him to help retrieve the book. I need all your help and send the children back to hell. And he turns to Pablo and Kelly. You guys good with that? And Pablo is shaking his head no emphatically. And <laughs> Kelly has a blank look on her face yep. and turns back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Completely ignored them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's his style. Shoot first, think never. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what else choice do they have? They exactly. gotta take care of the problem or it's just gonna haunt them forever. It, it's it's what he said right at the end of the episode that I mentioned off the top. We gotta go save the world, and that's what they're gonna do. Yeah. All right. Who's got notes? I, I have a couple of notes. Um some we already talked about, but I noticed the record store in the town was called Groovy Sounds, which of course <laughs> is a reference. Uh, um cool. and um Kelly's shirt. Did you guys notice her shirt said "fuck the clock" on it? Yeah, I Any, was wondering. Anybody about that. understand under, understand what that means? Because I have what no it idea. Said? Yeah, 
Fuck the clock. Fuck the clock. No At first, idea. I thought it said "fuck the fuck the cock." Then I was like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> then I was like, "Well, Brock introduced himself as cock." So but, yeah, but we, then it wasn't. we already had a cock joke in this one, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what "fuck the clock" means. But maybe someone out there knows. Like maybe it's a band or something. I I don't know. Well, here's here's motivation to get that actress. I forgot her name, but get her on our show. Yep, absolutely. Figure yeah. this out. She'll know. What is, your shirt? What is her name? Um. Uh, D. We're supposed to know these things. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. Uh, shoot. Well, if you're looking that up, I can tell you that I looked up Elk Grove, Michigan. I plugged that into uh, Google Maps and it come, doesn't come up with a, a town, but the first thing that comes up is a uh, restaurant called Besa Mi Taco just outside Chicago for some reason. I don't know why. So it doesn't look like there's a real town, but anyways. Dana DiLorenzo. That's her. I knew if that. If you're listening, Dana, we love you. Yeah, please come on. You're awesome. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else? Um, I was just going to say I'm glad they haven't... Well, I wrote down I'm glad they haven't toned down the gore or anything like that. If anything, they turned it up a notch, which is fine. And um, I heard some somebody said to me one time that uh, season two of of a TV show is the most difficult season to do. Because you've got season one behind you. And so that means that people have watched that and they have all these expectations for season two. And, you know, you're not going in with like as much of a blank slate for everybody open anymore. Mind, yeah. Or maybe not as yeah. much of an open mind. And and then once you're past season two, everyone's either on board or they're not. So it's fine. So, you know, I think this was a great start to season two. And hopefully they can keep it up because mm -hmm. apparently this is the hardest one to do. Yeah, I can see that. Everyone's got expectations. Of. That's right. That's right. I saw some review. I didn't actually read it, but it the person had seen the first two episodes. Oh. It was a really positive review. So, Oh, cool. That's good. Are they doing 10 still this year again? 10 episodes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I read that. Ten. Cool. Okay, I had a few. Um, Kelly gets her own doppelganger moment. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they were punching yeah. each other like in unison. That was awesome. <laughs> And then she ended up choking herself, just like Ash in Evil Dead 2. Uh-huh. Um, I loved when, at one point, Ash sees Eli. Looking good, Eli, with a <laughs> wink. And then Eli kind of cocked his head, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, uh, I like that Eli is a like a recurring cast member. And <clears throat> I hope at some point we see a giant deadite Eli lizard. Oh, <laughs> wow. And... Oh, you're probably uh, right now that, that you said suck. that. I bet you will see it, though. Yeah. That would <laughs> suck for Ash. Well, just, you know, he can turn back to regular old Eli afterwards. Yeah, but Ash would kill him. <laughs> That's what Ash does. He'd burn his own town to the ground. His own girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, why is there another Linda? That I thought that was weird. Yeah, I was going to say that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah, I know. What's the thing with Linda's? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just sort of a callback. Like they just—I don't know. I mean, I—I I thought of it too. Like, why not? Of all the names they could pick, mm -hmm. why not? Why pick the same one? But I don't. I know. used to have a Persian cat named Jeff, but if he was a girl, I was going to name it Linda. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be a joke where he has to like cut her up or something, and it's like, right. Yes, another so, one. <laughs> That's probably it. All right. Well, I think that covers it pretty good, right? I think so. Yeah. Great episode. Right. Yes. We'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. I got this feeling on the summer day when you were gone. I crashed my car into the bridge. I watched, I let it burn. I threw your stuff into a bag and pushed it down the stairs. I crashed my car into the bridge. I don't care. I love it. It's time for some news about Ash versus Evil Dead or Bruce Campbell or the Evil Dead universe. The first item here is um, something I came across very recently. Uh, Ash was, he was on Conan and he was interviewed and he told a story about how they were all stoned while they were filming Evil Dead. 
uh, <laughs> way back in the day. Not this TV show. He, oh. <laughs> I think he's too old for that now. But uh, he said to Conan, we did, in fact, smoke marijuana because we had heard in the famous Jack Nicholson movie, Five Easy, Easy Pieces, no, it was Easy Rider, that he smoked like 47 joints before he shot that scene. And I thought, if he can go on to become a very famous, notable actor, we can do the same thing. And I had never smoked before. I was 21, and we also found out that the weed in Tennessee was pretty good, apparently. So we did not really film the scene successfully. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know, I just thought that was fun. It never really occurred to me that they were were high while they were making that movie, but now that you look at it, you can sort of believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's ironclad 21-year-old logic right there. Yeah, exactly. If Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson can do it, why can't we? There you go. Lee Majors, he was interviewed by Fox News about why he decided to come on the show. And he said, I've never done a show with blood and guts and chainsawing people. <laughs> but when uh. you see it, And he's throwing out these funny lines. It takes away from the horror part of it. It makes it fun. It makes it not so visually bad. I looked at the pilot and I said, let's go to the next one. I sat and watched all 10 episodes in a row. And then I said, this is great. I want to be a part of it. I made him a fan. That's awesome. Made him a fan. It it doesn't surprise me at all that he watched them all because he really did seem like Ash's dad. Not, yeah. Yeah. Even just the way he kind of, like when he said, um, you know, would like to join me for dinner, Kelly. And she said, that's a hard no or whatever. And he had this look on his kind of bewildered, but okay. Kind of like Ash does sometimes. I don't know. I just, you know, he's just really good at. What? Yeah. He did really good. You're right. He did a really good job being like, an older Ash, even in the one scene we had, right? It didn't take very long for us to think, oh my God, that's perfect. That's that's just yeah. like we think Ash's dad would be like. Um, yeah, that's the first thing I thought. What perfect casting. Mm-hmm. It, totally. But uh, Lee Majors, you know, he's he also talked in this interview a little bit about how he'd kind of, his whole career focused on um, kind of safe ish roles family friendly kind of or more actiony type stuff and he's never mm. done anything like this he's never done anything really horror or gore or anything like that so once he saw that it was that it was funny as well it's what draw it's what got him into it and made him want to do it so i haven't i i don't know what he's been doing but i haven't seen him noticed him in anything in years no but yeah. i think he did do like four or five different tv shows back in the day and they were all within the oh, yeah. same kind of wheelhouse right? back in the day. Yeah. I just wonder if he's like been retired and came out of retirement for this. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they asked me to do it, I'd come out of retirement for it. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Bruce Campbell was on Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast this week. If you want to listen to that now, it was recorded um, back at Comic-Con in in San Diego. So it's a couple months old now, at least the interview is, but they just released it to promote the show. He talks a lot about Ash versus Evil Dead, of course, and it's just a fun interview to listen to. He's, you know, he's his typical funny, charming, entertaining self, and you get all the stuff you'd expect from from Bruce Campbell. So um, you can check that out on the Nerdist podcast if you want. And he actually gives a lot of insight. And I feel like a some minor spoilers for season two of Ash versus Evil Dead. Nothing serious, but he talks about something that happens to a character that didn't happen in this episode. So it must be coming up still. So I guess watch out for that. But it's still a fun interview to listen to. So uh, if you can't get enough of Bruce, that's a good place to uh, get a little more. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, it's cool. pretty cool. And then the last thing here is uh, something I just wanted to mention because I don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but Stars has this whole, um, it's really just a marketing thing, marketing campaign for the show, but it's Ash for President. Yeah. You guys have probably uh-huh. seen this, but you can go to yeah. Ash for like number four president.com. And uh, it's, it's this funny, like, you know, vote for Ash kind of campaign site. And there's some videos and there's campaign materials you can download, uh, posters, stuff like that, a whole kit of stuff you can get. So you can post things on Facebook or on your website or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's Ash has some, um, some 
has a, a basic platform apparently that he's he's running on things like uh where is it cutting cutting taxes cutting deadites and cutting a rug or something like that right <laughs> so uh yeah he'll cut debt cut deadites and cut a rug so you know things like that this it's would be a good year for him to run yeah <laughs> i know this basically the best, other choices best chance of winning <laughs> he very well might yeah uh death and taxes ash will get rid of both <laughs> you know so um i don't know it's it's just sort of funny but i don't know if it, we'd mentioned it before so ash for president.com check it out uh it looks like they they've sent out some almost like kits to people with shirts and buttons and mugs and all this kind of stuff i would love to get one of those because there's a lot of cool stuff oh, in there yeah. but i don't know how you how you do it so i don't know if anyone wants to fill me in on that that'd be that'd be a cool thing so check it out if you want jason jason get us some t-shirts yeah man <laughs> hook us up dude okay <laughs> uh and that's it that's it for evil dead news this week nice Awesome. Cool. All right. It's time for listener feedback. As I mentioned, we don't have a whole lot, but uh, Rich, you go first. Is it uh, Tajia? Tajia Riley? Uh, She says, "Uh, I like it, but a few of the goofy Army of Darkness style gags felt a little much. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) It happens, man. Uh, It happens. (laughs) Maybe it's a guy. Yeah. I I kind of felt, felt. that one area might be what turns some viewers off, but uh, personally, I think it's hilarious. But yeah. it's good stuff. Brian McFall wrote in, "Love the premiere, possibly more than the series premiere itself." Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see what more people think about it too. I I have a feeling it's going to get a good response. Yeah, absolutely. These these emails came before the premiere, but since our last episode, this first one is from Adam. He says, "Hello, good to hear your thoughts on the." 2013 evil dead movie i liked it but a better idea would have been to make a direct prequel to the original evil dead you know the finding of the book the possession of henrietta nobi etc just a thought that could have been cool yeah yeah actually well there's all kinds of there's all kinds of storylines to mine here they can be doing this for years (laughs) he says if you have nothing else to do it would be fun to hear your thoughts on other semi-evil dead related films like cabin in the woods fun and smart satire on horror movies as a phenomenon with lots of evil dead references. Um, I thought cabin in the woods was Uh pretty good. I thought you were going to say it was only okay. Well, (laughs) something about, uh, uh, well, the whole premise is, um, that these kind of two pedestrian, right. It's been a while since I saw it, but dudes are sort of, mixing and matching horror movies and putting kids through different styles of horror. And uh, something about it, it felt a little judgy to me because I think the whole thing was supposed to be kind of a referendum on the typical horror movie. Yeah, it was a deconstruction of yeah. the, that kind of movie where a bunch of kids go, really that specific, I, w- I would say, a bunch of kids go into a cabin in the woods and a bunch of bad things happen. Right. So it's almost like putting evil dead down. I felt like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I I can see your point. I can see your point. Most people loved it. Yeah. I can, I can see your point because, because it does make the genre look stupid in some ways, but, but I think it also is just a, a fascinating, you know, a fascinating take on some of the things that are amazing about that kind of movie and some of the things that aren't so amazing. And it, I thought at least it was done in a really clever way. And yeah. and for that reason, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. And it had a lot of funny bits, too. And it, it even had an, um, an overall story that was kind of happening above the sort of examination of the genre and i and i thought it all came together pretty well so i really liked cabin in the woods and jason i'm disappointed that you didn't (laughs) well i have Uh, to see it again good idea (laughs) Uh, rich you saw it yeah i enjoyed it i I thought it was great entertainment it had monsters in it and i liked the ending you know in most movies i always have a problem with the ending but no no no, i'm not gonna say it but i just saying in most movies and most genres endings are problematic but almost every horror movie i i like well, every horror movie that's made just about has really good endings for some reason. 
Well, yeah, the ending of Cabin in the Woods was was really good and it fit in with that greater story that I, I was just talking about. So yeah. I think they nailed the ending of that movie for sure. All right. I'll go back and watch it again. <laughs> the next one he mentions is Drag Me to Hell, which he says, an awesome Sam Raimi film that balances horror and comedy, maybe even better than any Evil Dead film. I realize you want us to do a whole episodes on these, but I figure we might as well just give a little commentary. So I thought Drag Me to Hell was awesome. It felt almost like a restrained Evil Dead, but um, I loved it. Very tense and very much a Sam Raimi film. Yeah, it was like the extended edition. <laughs> I liked Drag Me to Hell. Oh, I should say I remember liking it a lot, but I don't remember a lot about it now. Was it Kristen Dunst? No, she no, no. she was um was she it, was uh what's her was, name in Spider-Man, but uh hold on. Yeah, it was somebody like her though. Amy Allison Lohman, I think. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, that doesn't yeah. Any bells. <laughs> I give that a big, big thumbs up. And then next, Oz the Great and Powerful, somewhat underrated, if you ask me, and basically Army of Darkness for kids. I never saw that. Uh, uh, no. I don't think I have either. No. Maybe really? that's one we should watch then. Yeah. Well, I totally missed that. <laughs> and he says, stay groovy, Adam. So wait, Oz the Great and Powerful, is that the 2013 Disney movie? It must be the one he's talking about and directed by with Sam Raimi. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. With Was it James Franco? With James Franco and Mila Kunis okay. and a bunch of other people. Huh. Um, weird. I did not things, know. Adam. Yeah, I did not know that was Sam Raimi. Maybe that's one we should do at some point next yeah. after season two or something. All right. This is from Nathan from Pittsburgh. Hello, Evil Dead cast. I'd like to compliment you on your amazing Ash versus Evil Dead podcast, as well as both of your respective Walking Dead podcasts. Thank you. I've been uh, I've been quite a fan for quite some time, and as thanks for all of the podcasting hours that you've given us, I'd like to submit a custom Ash versus Evil Dead soundtrack for your listening pleasure, just in time for season two. Since an official commercial release appears to be non-existent, I've compiled all, well, most actually, of the tracks in one location complete with some of my own custom album work. The show's choice of music perfectly captures Ash's arrested development, so it seems only appropriate for the cover to reflect that as well with this official photo and a little Photoshop wizardry. I love the podcast, and I'm anxiously awaiting season two of Ash vs. Evil Dead. So he sent me a zip file with 24 songs like space trucking and just different songs from uh, the show with this really awesome podcast art that he did showing the, I mean, not podcast uh, album art or whatever, showing the Necronomicon and uh, it's laying on top of a book that just shows a woman's butt and it says babes from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So that was pretty nice. How can we see this, Jason? I want to see this. I'll send it to you. Amazing. That's cool. The, this show has had some good music, but 24 tracks, I I can't, I wouldn't have thought there was that many already. There, Yeah, I mean, this this episode had a couple. Yeah, they, yeah. every episode has something. They even had driving music at one point. That was cool. <laughs> Road trip so music. So thanks, man. Yeah, that's very wow, cool, thanks. Nathan. Thanks for Incredibly that. Incredibly cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, now it's time for next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead. All right, next week, October 9th, it's called The Morgue. Pablo's grasp on reality is tested when Ruby reveals the Necronomicon has gifted him with premonitions. Oh, well, there you go. Meanwhile, in the morgue, Ash and Kelly discover Brock's date might not be the warm body he's banking on. <laughs> that sounds funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Brock is going to date a corpse. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound so funny. <laughs> um. Okay, right. is, wait, wait, did they, so this is in, where did they say this is happening? What does it say? Uh, it says, uh, permanent, meanwhile, in the morgue. Morgue. So I guess they're still in the morgue, yeah. Same, same place as the crematorium, not a different morgue? Uh, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming they have a morgue in the crematorium. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. they did. I mean, we saw a lot of, like, slots to put bodies in and tables to do autopsies and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it's the same place. That's right. Okay. Ruby Which, ran into one at the beginning. That's right. And almost fell yeah. over it. Yeah. It almost sounds like Pablo is going to go off or maybe have some scream time on his own because it says Ash and Kelly discover Brock State. Oh, yeah. Mine. 
So and, maybe it's Pablo and Ruby. And, and, and that's interesting. And that answered our my question too. That uh, I guess we are going to ex- to get more about Pablo and what's going on with him. That could be a thing throughout the season, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, and premonitions is kind of a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Right on. I'm excited. I want to watch it now. <laughs> Can't come soon enough. that's our show episode 16 thanks for listening everybody if you want to call us you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD that's 650-485-3323 and call us and we'll play it on the air you can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com and of course you can find us on the interweb at facebook.com slash evil deadcast or evil deadcast on twitter Please check out our other shows on our network at podcastica.com. And of course, check out Chris at the talking dead podcast.com. Talking dead podcast.com. Damn it. It's okay, man. Let's get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. He's had a long day. Yes, you have. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Dick sticks. Dicks. <laughs>